0: Welcome to the Bottom Shelf Leadership Podcast, a ministry of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, where we sit down with small town leaders who are making big time impact. Hey, and welcome into the podcast. I am Heath, one of your hosts, uh, Lindsay Lane's East Campus pastor, and I'm joined, as always, by two of the greatest preachers in North Alabama. Alan Ostrowski, Lindsey Lane's North Campus Pastor, and Andy John King, uh, Lindsey Lane's Main Campus Pastor, here and our lead pastor. So, so
1: yeah, we didn't give him much when he just called us his two great friends. I feel like he's really fishing. I do too for that.
2: Uh, Although, funny story to that, when we first got to Lindsey Lane, Andy John and I were hired the same day, and um, he preached. At some point in the summer, and then I preach at some point in the summer. And I had, I don't even remember who the guy was, came up to me and said, Man, we've got some great preachers that are like in the waiting in the wings. And he's like, One of y'all preached a 10 and one of y'all preached a nine,
0: but I'm not going to tell you who's
1: who. So I don't even (laughs) know which one it is. Yeah.
0: Well, it was nine and 10, not five and 10. Well, that's yeah, Someone preached a nine,
1: someone preached a 10. We we also have been called, Alan and I, because we came on staff at the same time, I've been called Alan more times than I can count. I had a lady one time at Publix think that I was completely messing with her because I was like, no, I'm Andy John. And she's like, okay, Alan, I know. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I got out my license and showed her I'm actually who I am. Does that
0: still happen? It doesn't happen anymore.
2: I've (laughs) I've given an extensive report on how East is doing as the pastor of the East campus when Andy John was over there for sure, so –
0: That's awesome. Well, hey, uh, this is a podcast where we are all about leadership, and we want to talk leadership with people who are uh, true practitioners who are doing it right now and uh, local leaders who are making big-time impact. And so, Andy, John, why don't you tell tell our listeners about our very special guest today.
1: All right. So our next guest is Dr. Kim Roberts. Kim is a professor of management in the College of Business at Athens State University. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Chemical Engineering from the University of Alabama, a Master of Business Administration from the University of North Alabama, and a Doctorate in Instructional Leadership with a Concentration in Instructional Technology from the University of Alabama. We are certainly (laughs) the least educated in the room today, guys. Kim has almost 20 years of experience in the specialty chemicals and paper industries, She held positions of process engineer, engineering supervisor, operations supervisor, and ultimately the business unit leader, which included responsibility for safety and environmental compliance, quality control, production and operations, logistics, cost improvement, and people development. For the past 10 years, Kim has worked in higher education, teaching management and leadership courses at both the undergraduate and graduate level, and teaches process technology courses at Calhoun Community College. In addition, she serves as a consultant designing, developing, and delivering process technology training to local industries through Calhoun's Workforce Solutions Department. Kim is passionate about the study of Scripture. She leads a ladies' connect group here at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, and her hobbies, this is interesting, guys, watch this, her hobbies range from riding her Harley-Davidson motorcycle to crocheting.
0: (laughs) Do you do? do do? That's why. Not at the same time, Yeah. yeah.
2: Seems That's dangerous.
1: illegal. I don't know that we've ever had that listed on a bio. That is a that seems far away, far apart from each other. Uh, Harley <laughs> Davidson awesome. motorcycles and crocheting. Uh, she and her husband Jason reside in Athens with their two French bulldogs, Willie and Cersei. So, Doctor Kim, Kim, thank you so much for joining us today on the Bottom Shelf Leadership Podcast.
3: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Happy to be here.
1: So, one of the things we uh, will discuss today is communication. You've led. Across all different kinds of platforms, from business world to a ladies connect group uh, to the classroom and education. So, talk about what education looks like across those platforms, and uh, maybe how it's different. Maybe how it's the same.
3: Sure. So, I'll go back to your very first episode. I went back and listened to the three of you. Oh, yeah. One listener,
2: guys. We got
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: but it's a doctor. It's okay. Yeah, that's right. It counts She's like five. It should. It
3: should. And you are not as redneck as you think. Actually, the things that you talked about are leadership theory, and I'll just mention uh, something related to to theory, and I'll I'll get to the communication part. I promise, but um, I'll tie it to practical examples because I am a practitioner, and um, the uh, things you talked about were what leadership roles we feel in life. Can everybody be a leader? Should everybody be a leader? And some of that starts with trait theories where people believed that um, the um, qualities of a leader were innate. You know, you're either born a leader or are you made a leader. That age-old question, are leaders born or made? And so trait theory says that you're born with certain characteristics like intelligence and charisma, and self-confidence. And then I think it was Heath that said, you know, everybody can become a leader. And that moves into theories related to a, a skills approach. And people who believe in that theory say that um, you can learn to be a leader with, with practice. If you don't think you have charisma, there are, are things you can do and to, to build that, that skill up. Then there are situational theories that say your leadership style should vary depending on the context, and it's not just about the leader. So it's not about what traits you have and what skills you have, but it brings the follower into the context of leadership. You know, where are they? Where are they on their competence level, on their commitment level? So as far as communication, if it can vary if you follow that that leadership theory, depending on where they are, so a new intern coming in, brand new, they don't know what they're doing yet. You know, a little nervous, maybe not um, uh, fully committed yet. You give direct communication, direct leadership, very specific instructions. Then at the other end of that, somebody who's been here for a long time. Uh, who's very motivated and understands their job, you delegate, right? You, you give them a task and you leave them alone to, to do the work. And then there's supporting and coaching in between there. But a lot of times we want to um, communicate and lead with the style that we're most comfortable with or that, that we like when we really need to think about that person and where they are. Because that person that you delegate to, if you're constantly checking in on them, thinking you're being supportive, um, they may view that as micromanaging. So I think some of communication depends on um, where your follower is, where are they.
1: So when you're teaching theory in your classes, do you have each person receiving that teaching begin to identify themselves within that? Or, or would you suggest that all all of those could be true or are true?
3: It is. We take some self-assessments and answer some questions to see which one you subscribe to. Um, there are some tests. We, we did a, a, a personality test when I worked in industry, and it's one of my favorite ones. I know there are a lot of them out there, but Dr. Larry Little at the Eagle Center for Leadership in Decatur wrote a book called Make a Difference in the lives of those you love, work with, and lead. And he has these uh, four personality types. And I like his because they're so easy to remember. Mm-hmm. There is the leading lion. And so that person is all about um, getting the job done, the big picture. You know, they see the forest, not the trees. And then there are competent camels. They are analytical they like to um, work with spreadsheets, take their time analyzing data, you know, communicate with them by having bullet points to, to them, not just getting the job done, but that whole process of how they get it done is important. Then there are um, Tranquil Turtles. These are your people who May not speak a lot, but when they do, boy, people perk up and listen because they're they're wise, they're good with one-on-one relationships, and then there are your much loved monkeys, who are your um, extroverts, very social, uh, good relationships with with people, and they enjoy that connectedness. So I think that's another um, tool to use. Um, looking at uh, your self-assessments, understanding where you are, understanding where your your people are. I had um, supervisors in my group who were one of each kind, and um, I'm a I'm a camel lion, so I've got those two tendencies you can in me. Across those, too. and yeah. I had a supervisor who was a monkey, and it was really challenging to work with that monkey because I would come in and want to know do we hit target do we make production what what's what are the quality numbers and they wanted to tell me that um, morale is kind of low right now the guys are tired of working overtime these are the issues on their mind and I get that but I was all blind camel so the more you know about yourself and your followers The better style of communication and leadership you can apply,
1: or or even that you need to surround yourself with, yeah, well, yeah,
0: that was a good question. Is is like, it it, how like you get definitely have to identify those in people, but how important is it to surround yourself with multiple of those
3: levels? I guess. Yes, it it is good to have those different different styles. Yeah, because I'm I'm
1: thinking if if. I don't know if y'all, when she was reading those things off, were you giving a yeah. self-assessment already? Like I yeah, know that yeah. I was. And if we're all the same sitting around the table, yeah. you know, we, we all may be able to connect with people, but if we don't know how we're going to get them to where we want them to go, then we got to we got to have some hey, around. we we'll have some around. fun Is that right? monkey time, though. <laughs> yeah, but we, you know, they're all needed, right? And so I'm mean, going to to think, think about that now with our leadership and our staff and as we sit around tables and talk about things that we're passionate about. But if – what if we don't have some of the differences around us? We'll miss some of the things we probably need to see or at least the process of how to get us there or what we should be more passionate about.
2: Yeah, because, I, you know, I mean, you, you need to be able to share the room with somebody, right? Like, you, you need to not be at your wits end ready to, you know, kill somebody to work with. But you also, you know, there I, I've seen leaders that, to their detriment, like, man, they are so strong in an area, and they surround themselves with people that are strong in that same area. And so that organization, man, is booming in one area, you know, like church life, right? You've got the people that are dreaming and that are evangelistic, and a lot of times because they're the lion and um, maybe some monkey, you know, like, but then... The back door of their church is just as wide open as the front door, and pe- nobody's getting followed up on. Nobody's being discipled, you know. And so, so there has to be a synergy of of, of personalities there. And I, and I think for the leader, the leader obviously, I, I would assume, has to set that tone. Like to be self aware, and then to be aware of probably the, the the weaknesses. I would assume, like just to be able to discern. Okay, here's here's where I'm weak. You know what a uh, what, where do I need to cover personality-wise in my leadership?
3: Right, and even um, knowing those different personalities, how they can help you in the organization. So the monkey, even though that might have been frustrating to me if I'm trying to get a report, they can help you if, if you are trying to implement change within the organization because they're the ones getting out there, communicating with people, and they can share that message that you want to, to share. So. Yeah
1: going back to the first part where you said the different theories of how leaders are either born or made. Um, do you have a personal working theory on uh, a conclusive theory on what you think about that?
3: So there, in addition to, to those, there are also um, the, uh, Leadership is a process. Leadership is a relationship, and that's where mind falls in. It's it's process and it's a relationship. So it's that interaction between leader and follower that um, creates that leadership environment.
2: I love it. I just it's such a personalized approach. You know that you it, 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 there's there can't be this broad stroke mentality to, to leadership. Each one has to be. And and, and true, relational leaders, I mean, they recognize that. Like, you can't relate the same way to to every person. Um, For me, you know, and I'm talking, think about a limited staff that I have, and, of course, it's in a church context, but, you know, I've I've, I've got a very limited number of staff positions, whether they're, you know, regardless if they're salary or if they're um, volunteer. And so, like, I have to be very intentional not to, you know, not to, not to, Value overvalue the the leadership strengths that I have because then I'm, I'm crippling a, another area of the organization that way. Um, it's just something that I've I've thought a ton about in in transitionary periods that our our church has been in. Lindsey Lane North the yeah. North campus has been in. So
3: yeah, like you were talking about being self aware even of your your weaknesses i mean think about how you're viewed the the leading lion obviously has a, a lot of strengths and skills that that they bring to help an organization accomplish its goal but then other personalities will view them as being domineering you know you just you're running over me or the um, camel thinks I'm I'm helping by analyzing all this data, but then others will think they're being too slow to make a decision. So it helps you to not only know about yourself but about others how you're perceived. You may not be perceived how you think you are.
2: Yep, <laughs> I, I just I think of I think of people like if I'm anything, I'm passionate. Like that, that is that is who I am, and sometimes my passion is perceived as it's a great trait to bring people on board to unload people to a toward a goal um but once people are on board that same passion can be perceived as a um it can be perceived as that domineering like i don't want to approach him about something that i would do differently uh, so you might have a camel that would totally do something different uh, and probably more effective but they don't want to come to me because here i am you know in, in my lion mode, I'm portraying that my, you know, what I have is the best. and But also what's funny about me is I think I'm a lion and a monkey. So, like, the monkey in me is like, come and talk to me. What's wrong with you people? You know, so I can also and then see you eat them dissonance. when they get
0: there. What's that? And then you eat them when they get there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so, Miss Kim, it's like, when you're thinking about, I, mean, I think everybody that's listening right now is probably thinking, yes, I work with, you know, they're thinking about everybody they work with. Um, but just to be really, really practical, um, and and, we can, and you guys can, can chime in too, um, but let's think through, like, how do we communicate with each one of these um, so that we can communicate the same message, but I know I can't communicate with a monkey the same way I communicate with a lion, a camel, a turtle. Um, and so just to provide a, uh, a context, um, maybe as a supervisor, you're having just some issues with uh, performance or something like that, Maybe. Um, and so, how would you communicate with each one of those? And you can start with whichever one you'd like. What do you think?
3: Okay. So, with a leading lion, they're thinking about the big picture, um, accomplishing the task, uh, the vision, where we're headed. So, I would focus on information around that that gives them confidence we've got a plan, we know how we're going to get there. You don't have to bog them down with the details of how you're going to do that, but share with them that you've got the confidence of here's how we're going to accomplish that, that goal, yeah. big picture. The, the camel, maybe you communicate through, through bullet points. Give them time to, to process that. Give them time to analyze that information. The uh, turtle. Some some one on one communication, um, not having them necessarily have to stand up and speak in front of a, a big group, and also um, <laughs> with the monkey, you would want to communicate, of course, face to face, and then also share how this impacts. People, not just the task, not just the structure that's changing, but I understand how this is affecting you and, and bring in that relational aspect.
1: Yeah. So what you had talked about earlier, just about if you have a working theory about uh, across which uh, all of those, which one is the best or how leaders are developed. But um, I have a friend who's a leader in business, and he does a lot of hiring and uh, management and those things. Um, and he he said to me one time. He said of all the people I've ever brought on, he said relational leaders are the ones that tend to do the most for you with you. Um, not just the ones that have the brightest minds, but the ones that can build and keep good relationships. And and we even talked about this as a staff recently that, you know, if if rela- if, if ministry works best in the context of relationships, and relationships are built on trust, and so dialogue and follow through and. And ongoing, actually care about you. Um, no matter what you are, you know, a, a lion doesn't mean that they can't love you, you know, or the, the monkey's not just a rah rah guy, but they actually care about what you're yeah. doing. And same thing for the camels and turtles, but um, they all have to build relationships and they all have to establish trust because if they are leading and want to take you somewhere, then nobody's going to follow if they really don't. They may follow, but they're doing it out of, out of obligation instead of dedication or devotion. And uh, I always think about. I mean, this sounds very simple, but you know, Jesus. Jesus served people. He's our example of servant leadership, yeah. um, and and how he how he dealt with his disciples. I think about Jesus with the woman at the well. You know, he he sat there and had a conversation with somebody that his disciples are like, you shouldn't be talking to her at all. Yeah. You know, so no matter what theory you subscribe to, or uh, you know which one you identify as, as far as these animals go, I mean, you have to be uh, at least working and good at relationships in order to lead well, right?
3: Absolutely. Some of the more contemporary theories of leadership are the authentic leadership, the servant leadership, transformational leaders. Yes, so we're, we're looking to um, uh, those relationships with people. And it's that balance of, of task and, re- and relation. You know, I think of an example of if you're taking a class and you've got an instructor that – is very structured. They've got the syllabus and the assignments, and there you go. But they don't interact with you. They don't care about what your goals are. They don't care about your situation. Um, they'd be all task focused. Or think about the other side of that: if they're all relationship focused, you talk, you have a good time. But at the end of the day, what did I get out of this class? What did I accomplish? So we like that that balance there between that task and relational.
1: Alan and I are looking at each other laughing because we can probably get there on that one, you know, leave there going, man, that was fun, but what did we even do, you know? Yeah. That's that's the
2: devolution of our church videos. I feel like our promos <laughs> that have gotten less and less effective at communicating what they needed to communicate, but they sure are fun to
0: record. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think all of us can we can, we can look at that and think through the people in our leadership, think about ourselves. Um, when you talk about those personality types, have you ever, have you, uh, do you see people accept those and like kind of grow from that? Or do you like when people on your team, when you begin to talk about who they are, do they kind of acknowledge that in their self? Is there a, is there a good self-awareness among this, this model as you're talking with people on your team?
3: Yes. I, I think we, we, we like to know about ourselves and and when we see that and we agree and and nod we you know we we say yeah that you get some validation there but also don't want to Limit somebody and put them in this box, and, and this is who you are, and, and you can't change. Yeah, it's yeah. just a, a way to recognize as I go to approach you and, and talk to you, maybe before I ask for those production numbers, I'll say, hey, did you have a good weekend? You know, what's going on with the family? And then we can talk business.
1: Do you, do you think these, like, no matter which one you are, you need to have elements of all of those, or you just need to put people around you that have – those strengths because I know for us right now like as we you know we've had some pastors retire we're sitting around a table and we all in, in a lot of ways are sort of the same uh, animal and and we know we need guys that will talk processes and systems but we also have to be disciplined to do those things if we don't have those guys around so would, would you suggest putting those people around you or or trying to stretch yourself to be all for those
3: I think it would be hard to stretch yourself. You'd be asking a lot of yourself to to force yourself to be all those things to all your people. I, I think that would become exhaustive. It would on, on me. If, if I had to be a, a monkey in all situations, right. getting into large social groups for a long period of time, I'll come home mentally e- exhausted, so... I for me I think I would um, at at times we do have to play all those uh, different roles in our organizations but I would try to find the best fit for me.
2: I think probably an easier task would be making sure to lend your ear your trust and faith to at least one of all four of those and I think I think probably that's much more I think we could probably think in our own circles of people that would be all of those you know a certain combination of all of those and then giving getting that perspective because I think that being informed on it you may not be able to relate to it like man you put me with logistics and I'm 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 ready to die like I'm is the most draining thing in the world for me to do a spreadsheet or something you know um but but I but there are people there are people that 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 is great for them and be able to get that perspective. You know, I don't necessarily have to be that, but I it, as long as I know that I need to, that I need that perspective in order for our organization to thrive.
1: And going back to relationships too, no matter no matter what kind of leader you are, you're going to have to spend time with people to know which one of these they are. It, we can't we can't hire everybody right in the church, so you're looking for. Leaders, and I, I think sometimes, too, we um, – if, if I'm an inspirational leader, if I don't see somebody else as an inspirational leader, we'll often think, well, then they can't lead that group. That's not true at all. Yeah. Um, they're just d- a different leader than you are. So we need to look outside of ourselves, I think. I'm curious, Heath, what, are you, what do you consider yourself? That's a good question.
2: <laughs> I think so, I know what me and Annie John are. Are you a monkey, too? I'm, monkey I'm lion? definitely
1: a monkey first. Are you lion or monkey first? I'm definitely monkey first. Yeah, I'm monkey first too.
3: And you can go online and do a shortened form of the test. Sure. And I like that, yeah, find short. out. She's giving us the
2: cliff notes. Yeah, so.
1: because <laughs> we're not camels. We don't care about that. Yeah, all details. Maybe exactly. professor something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cliff
3: notes. All
1: right, Heath. What is it?
0: Yeah, I feel like because uh, I actually pulled it up here online. I feel like uh, you took the test. That's while very we were camel of you. Actually, <laughs> it is. <laughs> you tranquil turtle. Uh, I, I feel like uh, probably the monkey first. Um, yeah, and I don't know what I would be second, though. Uh, I feel like – You have you – have uh,
1: you're a your little camel.
0: Well, that's – I feel like I – I feel um, weird saying,
1: talking like this with the <laughs> camel hands. <laughs> but you do, you do like thinking processes.
0: Yeah, I can think processes, but like yeah. walk a day in my shoes and you'll go, that dude's not process-driven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's I've, I've, I've stepped into that role because of necessity maybe at times – um, just in ministry and in life, but I don't think it's necessarily something that comes easy to me. Um, it is something I enjoy at times. I don't know, but yeah, definitely monkey first. Cause I'm, um, I'm, I'm here for the party. I always <laughs>
1: <laughs> country song a, right? Country song by a woman. <laughs> country <laughs> song <or did> I... <laughs> Yeah. Sing it for us. Um, no, there was, you know, Randy Brown, obviously yeah. people listening, some may know Randy, some don't, but Randy was our assimilation pastor here for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Randy, at one time, you'd think, like, Randy doesn't even like people. Turns out Randy has some of the deepest relationships here, though, with people um, because of his heart, you know, right? And uh, But at the same time, I would always say Randy is 100% the competent camel. He processes systems. And I would always joke and be like, you know, hey, Randy, we're going to change denominations tomorrow. And he would be like, that's fine. What do you want me to do? You know, what's the, what the timetable for that change? <laughs> yeah. 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 But I just need to know how, how – I'll, I'll take care of how we're going to get there. You know, but – and then – but again, the reason why he was effective, even though he had a different way with people, he was still a person that, that valued people. Miss Kim, let me ask you this.
2: So the, you mentioned the other two theories. Um, you know, you've got the trades and and then the – kind of the developmental uh, theory. I – I don't. I, I also see, even in even in this enneagram. I guess it would be an enneagram kind of approach. That's a big word. Um, but he like
0: learned he learned it from John Maxwell.
2: His <laughs> accountability. Edit, department. edit. Andy John made me blush. Edit.
0: <laughs> um,
2: don't edit the John Maxwell line. That was, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> um, but but seriously, like I could see like a lion being more tending to the it's a trait based leadership style because they possess some of that outfront leadership um i could see more of a competent camel being more of the developmental you know bringing credence to the developmental side of that I, do, do you feel like you have to be in one of the three camps or do you feel like we really need to give credence to all three of them and, and their place in the leadership structure
3: are you saying do you have to necessarily describe uh, subscribe to one and only leadership? Like yeah, theory,
1: one of the only one of the first three theories that she mentioned. like yes. you have to be one of. The, oh yeah,
2: right. Like, right. do you, I mean? I mean, at what point does trait based leadership still have its credence and and developing right leadership?
3: Mm-hmm. I have seen as uh, I've looked at results, say from my students who who take these these tests. We see a little bit less and less of people who subscribe to that trait theory thinking only those born with these certain characteristics can do that. And and we've moved into um, thinking patterns that say, I can become a leader. Having that, that growth mindset, not a fixed mindset of, I can't do that, I just wasn't born with that skill. But I see more and more people Recognizing that with with practice, with development, with that professional development, I can develop these skills and I can do this.
1: I, I wonder what were the, th- okay, the first one was trait based. What was the other one? There are Skill trait
3: uh, skills, um, behavior based, which is looking at task and, and process or task and relationships. There's the situational or contingency theories. It says I change my style based on my follower. And then some more contemporary approaches that get into that authentic, genuine leadership, servant leadership, transformational leadership.
1: Now, obviously, I haven't studied in depth on these things, but. but you're about, say, to hey, yeah, <laughs> about to speak with authority. I'm about to say what I think. It's uh, not going to stop me from speaking. It's
0: uh, Miss PhD. Can I just share my thoughts with you? Um, <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me talk about this of course for a minute. Down. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I, I will say um, that the trait based are born with it. It's it's hard not to see some of those guys and ladies that when they get up and move, there's other people that go with them. You know, at the base level definition of leader that we've all talked about before. Okay. If you if you stand up and go one way, you got people behind you. Then you're a leader. Uh, there's a there's a young man in our community right now. I've told some other guys about that. I've just you know at, at the school that my children attend, I've I've watched this kid, and when he goes, other people go with him, and. He's in high school. I know that he has not gone through these theories or anything <laughs> right. like that. I just know that he has a magnetic personality. He can rally people to a better day, I, I guess a better day. He could also rally them to a worse day. Yeah. But um, there is something to be said about those God-given traits. But at the same time, I, I think we all probably have some of those God-given traits as far as how we're hardwired, but we all need development. And even within those God-given traits, we need to be sharpened. So... Take that for whatever it's worth. I don't know. I just know that sometimes when you see leaders, I know that I'm drawn to them and want to go, hey, you need to seek the Lord and, and what God has for your future because a lot of people could follow you to, to a better day.
3: So yeah, yeah, and that's part of that self-assessment, recognizing what do I do well so I can keep doing more of that, and then what do I need to develop and work on? Yeah.
2: Well, I, and I think, too, going back to what you were saying, what you're recognizing is a lion a line trait you know that lion is 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 leading, and so it's not that you're. I mean, you would want to give a, a lion yeah, a the one. the podium, like right. you would want to give the lion an opportunity to cast vision. You want to give, but
1: but not to the detriment
2: of the turtle. You yeah. Know,
1: would I order. would I identify would I identify a tranquil turtle and say the same thing though? That's right. a good point.
2: Yeah. Right, and 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 place them in the organization again. You know, thinking beyond individuals and thinking the whole. The whole organization, where is this person most effective? Um, yeah.
0: Is a line most easy to see? Thoughts, Ms. King? Oh. oh. Or Andy John. I forgot. <laughs> what, why do I? What? I forgot. I
1: thought you were asking the group. I'm telling well, you, these, the, these questions like fire me up. I love this discussion. <laughs> Sorry, Ms. Kim, he's, you're also, our guest. he's also love to hear he's also two thirds of the way into a
2: monster right now. <laughs> yeah, that's so. right. Andrew, Let's go. go. That's true. <laughs> this
1: uh, podcast is brought to you by the ultra peachy keen monster. the drink, well, the, the our, drink our, of the lions are it. That's
0: good. Uh, it'll turn a monkey into a lion. That's yeah, for sure. That's right. uh, that's I guess it, is there is there. Uh, are any of these, I mean, everybody can speak to it, uh, not just Miss Kim, but um, are are, the, are any of them easier to see than others, I guess, you know? Because I, I, like, how would you How would you just look at somebody and go, oh, that's a tranquil turtle, do without you, getting to know them? Are
1: you said that you are a competent camel, right? Like, when you camel are in, in your classes, do you see that first more than you see the others, or do you just, like, automatically see the rest of them just because of your knowledge?
3: I think for me I can – Pick up on the different ones. There, there will be something uh, in what they say, or do, or behave, or how they behave that uh, that I can. I think I can see that style in each yeah. one.
1: Do you see yours though in people easier than you see the other characteristics and others?
3: Probably so. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think you probably. <laughs> let's go on the opposite side. I think I probably also see the ones that get on my nerves. Easier sometimes too.
1: Which people get on your nerves, even? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, tell that us, was man. Alan. What are you looking at me for? Alan <laughs> said that. Um, so which? No, I'm serious. So the, the one that gets on your nerves would that be tr- no, or Turtle or No,
0: no, no. I don't. I don't know. I was just making a comment. I don't know why you're putting me on the spot. No, but know.
2: there are. There are. Yeah, there's those personality traits that would annoy you. Like it, it, if I'm working with a camel, I'm going to be annoyed by the camel because I'm thinking big picture and as a monkey I'm thinking relational and they're trying to get me to you know think eight months ahead and I'm going I'm, I'm wanting to see people go from A to Z they're wanting to get to B to C to D to E you know and and that's going to frustrate me or they're going to tell me all these deadlines that I'm missing you know that's gonna that's gonna frustrate me because I'm I'm winning it with people you know so I, I could see that.
1: Kim, you you said though at the beginning that you worked with a um loud what is it? A monkey. Much yeah. loved a monkey. Much loved monkey, and that frustrated you the most. Would, because you're uh, the that's one why That's why she's analytic. frustrated right now. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. She keeps writing notes <laughs> and I'm wondering what I've like so never that, are, gonna do. I mean, this like again. those would indicate weaknesses though. I mean, right if you're talking about annoyances would indicate
0: weaknesses, I guess is what I'm saying. Sure.
2: Probably. I would think. It does for yeah, me. Like when it I, does, when does I think, for me. I'll say it that
0: way. Yeah, when I, when, To answer your question, um, to, now that I'm not being a wuss. All right. Um, <laughs> to The one that's probably most annoying to me is a leading line who's always just talking. You know what I mean? Like a leading line who's always trying to lead, always trying to take charge. Okay, man, just sit back a minute. You know what I mean? Like take t- just take a chill pill, to use that 90s term. Um, I think that's the one for me. But, again, it's not when they're doing it in a good way. It's usually when they're just being annoying. You know, like, everybody can like do you're talking to me, it. you need to look at me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I'm,
1: I'm, I'm going to say that the one, probably the Tranquil Turtle for okay. me is the one that, because uh, sometimes the wanting to be one-on-one, uh, the sage advice that if you'll come to me, I'll give it, I, I can perceive that in my own weakness as you need to be doing more. You know, but actually they are, it's just behind the scenes, not out front. And that that's easy for me to sometimes jump to the conclusion that they are not on the grind or, you know, leading for the organization. Yeah, I, I don't recognize turtle traits. Um,
2: matter of fact this this conversation is formative to how I, I, I see turtle characteristics in, in someone that's a close friend of mine that I know is frustrated with me and, and the, my leadership and the way that I lead. And we both care about each other a great deal and are in the foxhole about some things. Um, and I just, I'm going to be honest with you, like, I just don't know how to relate to them. Like it, it's hard for me to, to, to relate to them. And so this is a formative conversation for me, specifically for a,
1: a, someone who is a turtle in my life. So Dr. Roberts, teach us how to lead all of these. <laughs> like is, you've been in those leadership positions before where you've had all of these. Um, leading all of them at the same time, what does that look like?
3: So that's interesting. Um, you need to uh, adjust your style with each one before you go in and approach them, remind yourself of, of who they are. But then there are some ways to communicate that I think – resonate with a lot of uh, w- with all types of people and um, a couple of those are with visuals and with storytelling so I'll just share with you a few examples of how we have used visuals in, in industry to communicate with people or, or lead people dashboards you know displaying uh, your, your metrics on a dashboard with red yellow green indicators are you familiar with, with that mm-hmm. so if um, we are looking at our, our production oh, cost. God, <laughs> <laughs> Alan, Alan, said
0: Alan said yes is. talk about the red yellow and green Alan is I'm not okay yeah I'm gonna need you to go with it
3: <laughs> like tux- for some of our
0: listeners that don't know what that is could yeah. you go in a little bit sure. more did you explain what you think it sure.
3: is? <laughs> So we use uh, the quick visuals, the color indicators. If I'm looking at overtime and it's in the green, that's great. I move on. We don't have to spend time on that. But if uh, something is in the red, that's where the manager is going to come in and say, okay, what's the problem and what are you doing about it, more importantly? So it's the it's the quick visuals to let us know how we're doing with project tracking, with how we're doing with our, our metrics. And a leader has to take all of this raw data and turn that into a visual to tell a story to their organization. I have a, I have a visual that explains visuals, but what it looks like is, let's say you've thrown, um, your kid has thrown Legos all over the floor, and they're all different colors. Just That's your raw data, just all spread all over the floor, and then if you start to take the red ones and group them together and the the white ones and the are there green Legos, I don't know, green sure. together, oh. you're sorting the data. Then let's say we start to stack those red Legos and the white Legos. Now we're arranging the data. And then now let's put them order uh, put them in order of increasing height. Now we're presenting that data to you visually. So I can look at that quickly and recognize what is going on. And we use that to tell the story. So I think, again, no matter where you fall, visuals can resonate with people and storytelling can resonate with people. It, research has shown it has an effect on the brain. When somebody's telling a story and somebody's listening, you start to get on the same wavelength as far as your, your brain waves. I know that uh, when Brother Andy John's preaching, I'm, I'm listening, I'm, I'm taking notes, I'm following along with the Bible, and then when he stops to tell a story, you know, there's a, a different sense of engagement there, what's going to happen on the baseball field, what's going to happen at Jack's, you know, drive through as he's going through. So those kind of things can help um, engagement. And
1: he, he was probably the 10. Come oh, the yeah, head. right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, about that man, you, you do realize why Jesus spoke in parables, though, Absolutely. after you preach because yeah. people, it's like the interpretation uh, and application part, people are like, eh, but the illustration part, of yeah.
2: Everybody exactly. I, I,
1: so I know that I've caught flack for
2: um, dropping quotes. This is this will be the anti quote. Um, my my mom one time, I'll never forget like as I was like cutting my teeth preaching, you know, like standing in for pastors of little congregations who are on vacation and stuff. I, I did that in high school and, and things like that and um, I remember my mom one time coming in, and watching me and she was always glowingly, you know, like she was very supportive of of, of my preaching, even if I didn't do well. But I remember one time she said, I I asked how I did, and she said, You did really well. You didn't tell enough stories though. And oh, wow. and I just thought like that's a really layman's example of you just didn't you didn't tell enough. There wasn't an, and so what that meant was what you said was good and, and might have been intelligent but you gave no handlebars to anybody like you you never actually connected it it was all on this intangible level and 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 i'll never forget that as long as i live
3: yeah absolutely think about if you need to make a health change your doctor wants you to change your lifestyle you know oh okay but then if you have somebody tell you the story of what they have been through that is much more motivating so when we would have outages and and shutdowns in the in the plant I could stand up there and give you the whole be safe message or you know what if we had somebody who's been through an incident share with you how that impacted them and impacted their family it really resonates with people and that's
2: that's not easy. Like that's that's hard, especially for um, for me as a monkey and a lion. Like I, I'm not wanting to spend the time to organize the Legos. I'd rather just <laughs> yell at my kids and tell them to pick it up. <laughs> um, you know, but like it, that that's hard to do. But but to that point, one of the most difficult things I do in sermon prep every every week is I come up with some type of object lesson, like. Whatever it is, something can be little, it can be a game that we play in the service, it can be, you know, just something from my childhood, I mean, anything. It is literally the hardest, it's the last thing I prepare because it is the hardest thing for me to really come up with. Like, even now for Sunday, I've done all of my sermon prep. I don't have that, that object lesson yet, but without fail, that is the thing that people always talk about. That's the thing that they always remember.
1: Yeah, you've challenged me in that simply because I've I've heard you and, and seen you in some of the things that you use, and just because, like, you remember Well, I remember one time you were telling us about the object you would use for a sermon, and I didn't even hear it or see it, but I remember it because you were going to use it. Yeah. And, and, you know, with storytelling, you think about it in, in witnessing and sharing our faith, you know, the, the thing that people connect with most is your testimony, you know, at least where you were and where you are. Uh, you know, that – and trying to get people to tell – you know, the story of faith by telling their own story. People just lock in when you hear those things.
3: Absolutely. I, I actually had that uh, thought in my head, too. We we love mm-hmm. to hear people's personal testimonies because it is authentic, and right. that's another part of leadership when you can be an authentic leader.
0: Uh, so, Miss we're talking about communication, and we can't avoid the elephant in the room of um, many of the people at our church. I know we still have people that, that are – working virtually from home and, like, will for the foreseeable future continue to work. And so uh, COVID changed a lot of things, I think. But uh, we've seen that virtual work environment shoot through the roof, especially on the arsenal and and contractors tied to there. And so when we think about about these personality types, when we think about communicating with them and communication in general, how has the landscape of communication changed post-COVID? And how, what are some best practices and, and thoughts on that?
3: That's a very well-formed question, Heath. That's
0: Thank very, you very much. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'll see you guys. Uh, I'm going to leave it <laughs> with y'all. Such a professional. Yeah.
3: Sure. So I've been in the workforce about 28 years. And so up until, what, about four years ago, there there was no remote working or, or Zoom meetings. You know, you went into the office. And I, I certainly can um, appreciate the, the benefits of remote work. If I've got work to do on the, the computer, I can sit there and focus and knock it out. Um, companies don't have to pay for their employees to travel. I uh, don't have to make all of my 10 minute commute to the, to the office. I don't have to stand there and talk to somebody at the water fountain for 15 minutes. But I also don't stand there and talk to somebody at the water fountain for right. 15 minutes. Right. right? And so we lose some of our um, conversation. And uh, Sherry Turkle wrote a book that I read a few years ago and really liked. And it's called Reclaiming Conversation, The Power of Talk in a Digital Age. And she says that we are being cured of conversation. There's this flight from conversation. How many people do you know who say, I'd rather text than talk? And we've all probably said that too. And there are studies that show people who don't have conversations are are less creative, they're less fulfilled, less empathy. And um, so I think there are those kind of losses (laughs) that people who have grown up in a generation of always having phones and social media, they don't understand those kinds of losses because they haven't experienced that. So I, I really think that, um, I, I think we'll see some long-term consequences of um, people working remotely only. I've, I've had students tell me they're looking for uh, a job they can do remotely. Not, I'm looking to work in this field and these may oh, be yeah. aspects that I can do remotely. They're looking for the remote job and um, I'm afraid we'll lose some of that uh, connection having conversations you know our our phones um, by texting we can we can edit our conversation and I know a lot of uh, young people I come across are they they struggle with face-to-face communication just the raw sit down let's talk and and that's where you build that connection you know sometimes when there are those little awkward silences or you've got to it with somebody face to face and and they struggle with that face to face conversation and i think it really hurts our empathy skills so i uh, I, I encourage as as much as as possible trying to do face to face communication with your people
2: yeah i will say i will say a lot of the books you read have really long titles
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> long all every one of them has a
2: colon like some people like still know how to do everybody that, everybody <laughs> that. Has a colon man.
1: Hey, Alan just did an office quote. He just did an office quote. There we go. Now, Ring I'm a pretty bell. sure that is not deep cut
2: at
0: all. Some <laughs> thing, some people. <laughs> no.
1: Headline.
2: No, I, I'll I'll say I, I think that's I think some people are probably better better able to cope with with that lifestyle, and, and dare I say, prefer it. You know, but that's why like. For, for COVID, that was hard. I, I think for especially us three guys in this room, when we we did so much together during that time. Like it, it really hurt us. Like we were we were doing Zoom lobbies at the end of our services where we just see each, everybody's face. Yeah. Um, and I think some people. That's why I think you know COVID really hurt some. And then some people were probably like, "Let's do this forever," you know. And so I, I don't know. I. But but I, I see that, and I see it's easy to default, I, probably in both ways. Like, I see it's easy to only want to do the relational right. thing or only want to do the just the facts, send me the text. Like, and, and, and we've got to be willing to, to cross over, to reach across the aisle and, and, and be willing to meet people, you know, in there.
1: Achieve that balance. There, yeah, there's sometimes that's, with that's uh, Zoom or Teams or whatever where it makes so much sense because you're asking people with all kinds of schedules to come in, and, you know, that takes time. And so to meet that way is really effective. But at the same time, when you are around a table in proximity and um, you, you get a read on people from their body language to whether they're frustrated in being here. And even, even with Teams and Zoom, I know that I've been on the golf course before with friends of mine who were on a meeting – and they're really not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not selling anybody, anybody out by name, but I know that the meeting is going on by their phone and they're about to hit their next shot. You know, so exactly. it just really subtracts a lot of the human interaction to do that all the time.
3: And think about when you have a face to face meeting, you get there a little bit early. Or maybe y'all do, but no, i <laughs> You get there a little bit early and you, you chit chat, right. uh, Zoom. Say I had a one o'clock Zoom. The the host lets you in right at one o'clock. You you miss some of that that chit chat. Yeah,
0: and I think just in a lot of us talk about the personalities and stuff. Like, is it is who who is who of those four personalities is more likely to to pursue a a uh, stay at home? Is that is that happening? Do you think like is it a, is it particular animals that are pursuing those stay home jobs?
3: I haven't thought about that. No. There could be a connection between those.
2: Well, because I, I can, even with, without you telling us, like you did, what, what you know, yours are, like I can hear that, that camel, you know, bias coming out in you because, like, even, like, with the digital, you are having to tell yourself. Chances are I, what I perceive in that is you are telling yourself, I need the 15-minute water cooler conversation, and – I as a monkey am going, Of course yeah, you do. We want. It, you know, <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, what's wrong with you? But I'm go but then I'm hearing you when you minutes. say when you say I can get all my work done, then I do think about the forty five minute conversations that I that I had that I probably could have gotten thirty minutes at least of, of, of work done in that. And so and and so it, it's funny because I, I see even you like tipping your hand in that because I'm doing the same thing. Like my yeah. my leadership style is so my my traits are the same. They're doing the same thing, so I, I think mm-hmm. it's just being able to perceive that in others. That's a that's a nuance for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah. You know you, you, those connections to people are so important. I'll have. Some students uh, in a face-to-face class, and I I, I see them one or two times a week, every week for the semester, and then I'll have online students, and and we might Zoom a time or two, but then they'll want a a letter of recommendation or or me to be a reference, and I haven't interacted with you enough to be able to speak to whether you would be punctual, whether you can interact with other people well. I, I can't yeah. do that because we don't have that relationship or connection
1: yeah, yeah. you also uh, around the table you also get to see what people are passionate about or they're not i, I know if, if, if we're leading a meeting or something like that and you've got um, three three guys that are just on their phone they've checked out they hadn't really connected the entire time then they're really invested in what we're doing and then if you're if you're on zoom like you don't get to see that frustration and body language because they can just you know, stand up or whatever. You just don't get to see it because you get looking at different screens. That's helpful. Not to, not as a leader I'm sitting there reading people the entire time, but you do get a sense if people are with you or on the same team and, you know, moving with you or not.
0: We're speaking to leaders out there in many different uh, walks of life, and we've talked about communication. I feel like we've already kind of started hitting on this a little bit as we talk about these different personality types and we talk about what people really need uh, based on the digital age. Um uh, I know you teach some leadership courses and things do you how do you address motivation in regards to leadership uh, when we have all these different personality types and we have stay at home and we have in-person and all these other things is there a silver bullet for motivation uh, that, that we can just implement
3: so motivation is internal right I can't motivate you I as the leader can create the climate that will allow you to develop your own motivation. And there's been research that has shown people are mo- more motivated when they are able to make decisions, when they have choices, when they feel like they have some control of a situation. So, for example, in the, uh, in the workplace, when we're working on some continuous improvement uh, quality projects, we let the people who are doing the work come up with the ideas for the project. They're the ones doing the work day in, day out. They know best what needs to be changed. You don't want somebody from corporate coming down telling you how to how to do your job differently. You are the one who who is doing it every day, and you know best how to do it. So we let them come up with their own ideas that we want to implement. Sure, there are, are boundaries, but letting people have – uh, a choice, some decision-making in there can can help help you create that environment for increased motivation. Or when we had um, interview processes, I would maybe go through the, the candidates and say, okay, this, this group meets requirements, and then let the people who are actually going to work with them day in, day out – be involved in the selection you're the one who's going to have to work a 12-hour shift with them you're the one who's going to have to supervise them or you know they're the one who's going to have to cover overtime for you so let them be involved in deciding who we who we hire so and it all comes back I think again to um to, to knowing your your people if you have 20 different people I think there should be 20 different motivation plans
2: that that's good man they they I've heard people say before, leaders don't have a problem delegating responsibility. <clears throat> you know, everybody could use a few more things off their plate. What they have a problem delegating is the um, power, right? So so that that's what you are doing in those cases is you are empowering that person to – to lead, you're delegating not just responsibility but power, and there may be responsibility that comes along with that power, but um, that to me that just that resonated to me because we we do we do want things the way we want them. You know, everybody has a way that has
1: their idea of how things should go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've received we've received training before. I think all three of us were there. I know Alan and I were there um, on the levels of authority, and and, and we still use a lot of that here in order to foster that climate of people making at least recommendations and you know there's was I think the first level was the uh the right uh to know the second was the uh, right to suggestion I think the third was the right to decision and the fourth was the right to veto and I may be getting the first two a little bit off <laughs> I can't remember the book that I read that from um but i I do know that you know there's that right to no the right to know the right to decide the right to uh veto and the right to inform isn't in there somewhere i can't remember what it is anyway it's basically trying to get those levels especially if they're at the level of leadership within your organization to make decisions and that actually works for the senior leader so that they don't have to um i have a question though what about for employees or team members who really don't want to make any decisions they just want. It, it, they would be motivated to know that they didn't have to make any. You ever see that or deal with that?
3: Yeah, yeah. We uh, someone recently told me about in their workplace how they are assigned a piece of equipment. It will actually have their name on it. You know, this is this is Andy John's machine, and if there's a problem, you go to Andy John. Um, he makes decisions about that machine and it gives them that ownership and um, makes them become the one that, that people go to for information um, about what's going on with that machine. So they're kind of put in that position to to answer for it.
1: So everybody wants to make decisions. It's just some are okay with making them for more than just themselves, and some are just wanting to make that small circle of decision with what they influence. Um. I never thought I've never really thought about it that way though that people are motivated not not really by what we challenge them to do but but they are motivated within the climate that we set so if you give people the personal responsibility or even challenge them to make those decisions within their circle of influence that they'll work for you
2: well, I think decisions are necessary for leadership so in at any level, so you kind of do have to push that. you can't let comfort be the determining factor so if you're if you're really drawing out leadership in these people regardless of who they are and what their biases are and what their personality types are you still have to push them some like you you still you don't want them you don't want comfort to make the decision because I think in those people they just want to be comfortable and it's cool not having any kind of skin in the game and I can be marginally Committed, I you know I can I can have a marginal buy-in and I can be marginally committed. You also don't want that, And then you have marginal leaders. Right.
3: When people put their blood, sweat, and tears into something, they'll tend to take more ownership of it and, and be involved. We we would have, um, some uh, we would have people say do the own do their own painting of the area of their area area. Or clean up of their own area. If they have to do it, if they have to put their blood, sweat, and tears into it, they tend to want to take care of it more and have that ownership and are motivated to keep it clean long-term.
1: That, is, that, assumes, that assumes, though, that they're not just to draw a paycheck, you, but you're, you're trying to get them to care through giving them the responsibility or through that, that ownership.
0: So motivation is less of a less of an ongoing decision we make, and more of a culture that we set, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Well. I'll say
1: so for me, one of the most frustrating things that I get during the week sometimes is, "What do you want to do about this? What do you What do you think about this?" I've told you that before. Like, there are some things that I have to give that answer to. But then there are also times when I'm asked that question, and my question is, "What do you want to do about it?" You yeah. know. That just means I'm doing what you are supposed to do, and, and hopefully, though that that could be though that I'm we're not creating that environment where people feel like they have the freedom to make a recommendation or decision. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Ms. Ken, thank you so much. Uh, I feel like I still have about thirty-five to forty questions I could probably ask, um, but we do have a limit on what uh, on what we try to keep to. So,
3: and one more thing that uh, is an example of uh, knowing your people and building that connection when i listened to your first episode one of your rapid fire questions was um, what cake flavor you like Uh and so i have some cupcakes in vanilla strawberry and whatever Italian cream is, oh, Lord
2: have mercy, Doctor uh, Kim Roberts, hands down our favorite guest. This
0: is yes thus far that's yes. awesome. That that's awesome. Great. I yes. could
3: have made myself the vanilla and strawberry, but somebody likes Italian cream, so on, I I bougie. could do that. One. So bougie, Man, too. this is fantastic. I know what, somebody that I asked
2: what their favorite uh, flavor of ice cream was. And you know, I'm thinking vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, like like the white cake, right? And they they go off with Oreo. It just made me so angry. <laughs> yeah, that's deep hey, dude, Oh my,
0: come on. You know that's well, not here's what I'm here's. I will apologize I you, to you, <laughs> Kim, and to our <laughs> listeners. Uh, I never thought this would. That that my choice of cupcake <laughs> would lead to uh, more stress for someone, well, but I am very thankful it for you. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, let, let uh, this
1: be a a note to future guests of our <laughs> podcast. We will accept gifts yeah.
0: or cash. Yeah. We're okay hey, with.
1: I'll also say, Doctor Roberts said this is a good move because you remember she led off with, "You guys are not as redneck as you think." That was the first thing that she yep. said. So to give us cupcakes now is is really a good way to close the door.
2: Yeah. Also, just just heaping compliments on on any any. <laughs> Person can't hurt, right? right. Heaping compliments and
1: carbs. That's (laughs) right. Alan's next (laughs) book is going to be called Cupcakes and Compliments. That's
0: right. I I really wish, uh, because what she also knew is wait till the end, because she knew we're just. I don't know if it's unprofessional or immature, but one of the two that we would have eaten them while we were recording, <laughs> yeah, and this podcast true. would have been really terrible. I feel um, like we're on Rick and Bubba status right now. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't>. <laughs> <laughs> people bring, people bring us food, <laughs> <me>, man. <laughs> yeah. We
2: need a uh, peanut yeah. guy. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> hey, well, uh, speaking of um, those rapid-fire questions, Andy John, why don't you hit those? Yes, right? easiest part of the day. Uh, no, I'm, I'm
3: a just... camel, remember, so I'm going to have to analyze oh, each right. one of these. Okay. Sorry. So
0: hopefully these will be
1: uh, – Pretty simple. We're just gonna do favorites because we did favorite cupcakes. I think it was one of those, right? This could work out our favorite again (laughs) here, guys. All right. Um, Favorite cut of steak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Favorite gift cards to your local restaurant. (laughs) Um, All right. Favorite book. The Bible. No, Uh,
3: we can't use that. We can't can't use that. No, 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 can't use that. No, for real. Um, the Forgotten Jesus by Robbie Galati. Awesome. I love studying the Jewishness of Jesus. I know that sounds very pharisaical, yeah. but it helps me to understand what he said, why he said it, when he said it, where he said it. And so um, that was a really good book.
1: Awesome. Uh, favorite school subject?
3: Math.
2: Hey. Let's go. Hi. And chemistry. <laughs> there
1: you go.
2: Uh, That's because it has math.
1: Oh, I got this one down. Favorite ice cream, ice cream flavor. Here you go, Alan.
3: Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great answer. Great. It really is. <laughs> it really is. So like cookies and cream. Like That's the thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, Well, cookies and cream suffice.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. what I was okay. thinking of, yeah. cookies yeah. and cream. There we yeah.
1: go. Uh, favorite season? Fall. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite genre of music?
3: Um, contemporary Christian and just radio top 40.
1: Got it. Um, Not
3: country, sorry. A. Not country. No I
1: way. really like her. Man, out on country. So Indian you're experience. like, so you're like uh, pop, like the Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift if you like Taylor Swift? <laughs> She's. She
3: I'm a little bit too old for her, but sure, sure, sure.
1: So if you're too over Taylor Swift, then like Mariah Carey or what? What? <laughs> where do we need to go? <laughs> yeah, where, where are we going?
3: Oh, I go all the way back to like the Madonna days. I'm, oh, I'm so much okay. older than you guys.
1: Uh, favorite so now, hobby. Yeah. Oh well, we did we did re- uh, motorcycle and crocheting. Mm-hmm. So between the two. <laughs>
3: uh when the weather's nice, I'll be outside riding. Uh bad weather, stay inside and crochet. How Do about that? You have that? your own motorcycle? Man, so yeah. So you and your
1: you and your husband both have a, a motorcycle each. Mm-hmm. Correct. Did you ride a <laughs> no, motorcycle I, none here of this side saddle
3: stuff? I no. Right. I, I actually have a a Harley Davidson Softail Slim. And also recently got a Can-Am Riker. You know, it's the two wheels in front and one in the back. So oh. I have two in the garage, and, and he has one. So, Wow. Yeah.
1: She just dropped a, uh, a name on, the, on a motorcycle, and all three of us looked at each other like, I don't know what that is. Man. I just nodded. <laughs>
2: yeah, that sounds awesome. My kids get yeah. real excited when they drive past, though. I do know that. There you go. Kids get real excited about them.
3: <laughs> I, I had to have it. I say customized. My husband says I had it miniaturized because I had to lower <laughs> it as far as it would it would go. Uh,
1: favorite candy?
3: Chocolate of any kind.
1: Uh, favorite church song?
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Like, how about old timey hymns? Favorite church sure, song? Whichever. The other day, I listened to "When We All Get to Heaven." Oh, that's a good one. That's you know what I'm one. talking about.
0: That was our yes. at our church because my dad led the music. That was the staple handshaking song. Oh, yeah. Oh, when you also reach stood across each other, yeah. And, the, and then we'd always he would start singing on like the fourth verse, and then we'd all sing the last verse together. And then you would pray the staple, right? No, we did it uh, in the in the middle at of the worship the service. Oh, so. okay. Preacher hadn't even preached it. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. I, like I song bet,
1: too. I bet competent camels really love the part. Or no, I guess it was tranquil turtles that hate when you have to stand up and shake each other's hand. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I like that part. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Very good. Pass the flying colors. Of course, when you bring us cupcakes.
0: Yeah, that's right. Let's right, thank you for being here, and uh, thank you so much for taking time uh, to share leadership principles with us and with those that will listen. And, and uh, for you guys that did listen, man, take notes, go back and listen again. And uh, I know there's some good stuff there to improve on your leadership. And so, until next time, keep leading. Thanks for listening to the Bottom Shelf Leadership Podcast, a ministry of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. For more information on our church and all three of our locations, you can check us out at lindsaylane.org.